missed being with you last Sunday. We uh, used the vacation Sunday and, and went to uh, Georgetown, Ohio, to the church where I was youth minister right out of college years ago. And we had heard that uh, a dear friend there who's had some health challenges uh, has been teaching Sunday school for years that he was going to be concluding his his uh, teaching here soon. We wanted to go out and support him and hear him teach again and and take him out to lunch and thank him for, for that ministry. And so at lunch I said, Earl, how long have you been teaching that class now? I mean, I know you were teaching that 40 years ago when, when we were here. How long have you taught that class? He said, 60 years. So that's a pretty good run. So uh, we, we were glad to get to see them, encourage them, and, uh, and, and see friends there at the church where we were at long, long ago. Today's message is, is entitled Pursue Wisdom, and it provides some of the wealth of wisdom contained in the Old Testament book of Proverbs. If you're thinking, this doesn't apply to me, you're wrong. We all do some foolish things every day. In what areas are you prone to be foolish? Do you lose your temper easily? Do you not work or study as hard as you should? Do you struggle with sexual temptation? Do you often feel superior to other people? Do you spend money on extras you really can't afford? Do you lie when it's to your advantage? Do you have relational difficulties? If you silently said yes to any of those statements, then you would benefit from studying the book of Proverbs. God included a a practical book that guides us to overcome foolishness. So read it, memorize it, obey the concepts contained in the book of Proverbs. Cling to them. Pursue wisdom. Why is this so important? Because wisdom gets the best results for your life. Let's look first at the the worth of wisdom. I like the story about the three guys who were marooned on a deserted island and walking along the the shoreline of the beach, they found what appeared to be a genie's lamp. They picked it up and dusted it off and thought, nah, why not? They took the lid off and out materialized this genie. And he said, uh, your wish is my command. There are three of you. I will grant three wishes. You each get one wish. So the first guy said, well, I'd like to have a beautiful girlfriend in a car filled with cash. Poof, your wish is my command. The second guy said, I want a big mansion with a gourmet chef and, and house servants. Poof, your wish is my command. The third guy couldn't decide. He said, um, I'll get back to you with my wish. And so as he was walking along the shoreline, deliberating, struggling to decide, he exclaimed, boy, I wish those guys were back here to help me decide. Poof. <laughs> now, how cool would it be to have God offer you a wish and tell you, I'll give you whatever you want. And that's exactly the offer that God extended to Solomon. 
The book of Proverbs was written and compiled primarily by Solomon, son of Israel's King David. When Solomon stepped into the role of becoming the king of Israel, he sought God's help. And so let's pick up the story in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, beginning in verse 7. That night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. And Solomon answered, said, You have shown great kindness to my, my father David and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed, for you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people, for who is able to govern this, this great people of yours? Verse 11, then, then God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire and you have not asked for wealth, possessions, or honor, nor the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, therefore wisdom and knowledge will be given you. And I will also give you wealth, possessions, and honor, such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will have. Solomon had his priorities right. First things first. And as a result, God blessed Solomon not only with wisdom, but many other material things as well. And Solomon's reputation for wisdom, discernment, capable judgment spread far beyond the borders of his own country. We read in 2 Chronicles chapter 9, beginning in verse 1, it talks about the Queen of Sheba. And when the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fame, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Arriving with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all she had on her mind. And Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the queen of Sheba saw the, the wisdom of Solomon, as well as the palace he had built, the, the food on his table, the, the seating of his officials, the attending servants in their robes, the, the cupbearers in their robes, their burnt offerings that were made at the temple of the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She said to the king, the report I heard in my own country about your accomplishments and your achievements and your wisdom is true, but I did not believe what they said until I came and saw it with my own eyes. And indeed, not even half the greatness of your wisdom was told me. You have far exceeded the report I heard. She said, I heard great things, but I didn't hear the half of it. You are so wise. This, this, this is unbelievable and so prosperous. The source of his wisdom was God. And godly wisdom is greater than human wisdom. I want to define our, our terms. And 
so that we're all on the same page. Wisdom is not simply intelligence. It's not intellect, knowledge, the accumulation of facts or, or formal education. Wisdom goes beyond that. And Ortland writes, I, I laughed at the student who took a test on human anatomy and failed it. She was the only one in the class who failed that particular examination. This is how her test paper read. The human body is composed of three parts, the brainium, the borax, and the abominable cavity. The brainium contains the brain. The borax contains the lungs, the liver, and the living things. And the abominable cavity contains the bowels, of which there are five, A, E, I, O, U. Wisdom goes beyond learning or, or knowing facts. Wisdom is being able to say the right thing in the right way at the right time. Wisdom is knowing what to say and what to leave unsaid. Wisdom is being able to discern when to be tough and, and, and when to be tender. Do you see how wisdom would be a help in every conversation, in every business interaction, in every decision you make? The, the worth of wisdom is priceless. Pursue wisdom. Get it. Seize it. Embrace it. Value it. Claim it. Proverbs 3, beginning in, in verse 13, states, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. It's interesting that the, the pronoun she is used for wisdom and, and not he, guys, I'm sorry. Uh, it, it projects that quality or attribute of, of the female gender. So she is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Just as a tree provides shade and offers support, bears fruit, so offers wisdom the protection of a, a towering oak in our lives. Don't miss out on these free benefits. Wise up. Get wiser. Pursue wisdom. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 and 6 remind, Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Simply put, wisdom precedes successful living. Wisdom gets the best results for your life. So how do we obtain wisdom? Let's consider the way to wisdom. Wisdom emerges from spending time with the Lord, learning his ways, honoring him, 
following his path. Listen to the Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. What that's saying is that wise practices can lengthen and strengthen the quality of your life. God made us and he knows what is best for us. And he has provided us with an owner's manual, the Bible. It details how to get the best results out of this life. And his word is is practical. It's relevant to our daily spiritual needs. This morning, if you don't have a Bible, if you need a Bible, would you reach there in front of you and please feel free to to take one home and and keep the Bible that's stored under the the chair in in front of you. We want you to have a copy as, as our gift. This divine document has the answers for life's questions. The Bible has the answers on how to have loving relationships and and get along with others. It contains financial advice for the the wisest money management. It offers direction for being an effective parent or grandparent. It has the answers on how to care for one's body and health. I, I love the joke about the woman who walked up to a little old man rocking in a chair on his front porch. And she said to him, I couldn't help but notice how happy you look. What's your secret to a long, happy life? He answered, I smoke three packs of cigarettes a day. I drink a case of whiskey per week. I eat fatty foods, and I never, ever exercise. She said, wow, that's amazing. How old are you? 26. (laughs) Well, well, God's word tells us that our bodies are to be the temples of the Holy Spirit. We're to respect them. We're to properly care for them. And following his guidance for wisdom will make us healthier emotionally, spiritually, and physically. The Bible's relevant to all daily decisions about how to live life to the full. And you can have wisdom, but you have to want wisdom and pursue it. It won't magically appear or forcefully enter your life. You must intentionally pursue wisdom. The old adage is true. You can Lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Listen to this. Some people aren't interested in getting wisdom. It's available. It's there for the taking, but there are those who will decline it. Solomon put it like this in Proverbs 9, verse 7. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. 
Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It just keeps taking us back to the source. If, if we want to get wisdom and be wise, we must start with a respect for the Lord and his ways. Back in, in Proverbs chapter 2, Solomon makes clear our role regarding the way to wisdom. Verse 3, he says, Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding... If you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord, verse 6, gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Verse 6 again. The Lord gives wisdom. It's available to us. It's free. It's there for the taking. And that same process is repeated in the New Testament in James chapter 1, verse 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God will generously dispense wisdom to us if we pursue it. We, we looked earlier at, at Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. They tell us of this need to rely on God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Man, don't try to go it alone. Do it God's way. That's a great life verse for us. And stay hydrated. In today's conversation, the word fool usually refers to someone with low intelligence. But in the biblical usage... Uh, fools may have high IQs. They may have a reputation for success. What makes them fools is that they ignore God's wisdom, preferring instead to follow the shifting dictates of the crowd or their own fallible opinions. And the book of Proverbs contains great wisdom. There are 31 chapters, and you can read a chapter a day and go through the, the book in a month's time. But many of the Proverbs are parallel constructions that, <clears throat> that contrast the wise and, and the foolish person. Sorry. For example, the way of a fool seems right, but a wise man listens to advice, Proverbs 12, 15. Another says, a wise man fears the Lord and shuns evil, but a fool is hot-headed and reckless, Proverbs 14, 16. 
or Proverbs 29.11, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Just don't miss this. A, a fool goes after his own way, and a wise man or woman goes after things God's way. Wisdom gets the best results for your life. Jim Elliott was a, a Christian missionary to Ecuador, South America, who was martyred by a, a savage tribe of Aka Indians. In, in one of his final entries in his diary, he penned these profound words. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Let me close with, with this example. A, a wise old sage was highly respected because of his uncanny ability to make sense out of the trickiest, most perplexing questions and, and riddles presented to him. In an attempt to outwit the master, a young man came with the perfect trap. In his cupped hands, he held a, a living sparrow. His plan was to ask the man if the, the bird were dead or alive. And if the old man answered dead, then he would open his hands and release the sparrow. If the wise man said alive, the young man would silently crush the sparrow and present its lifeless carcass. Either way, he planned to outwit and humiliate the master. The antagonist approached the sage and announced, I have a sparrow in my hands. Is it dead or is it alive? And the wise man countered perceptively, the answer is in your hands. This morning, that's the case with each of our eternal souls. Whether we will be saved or whether we will be lost. The outcome depends on how we each respond to the grace that God has given, to the sacrifice which Jesus has offered. And we are faced with a, a dilemma. We each must make a decision to, to live for self and be lost, or to live for the Savior and be saved. How will you choose to respond, the answer is in your hands. Our Father in heaven, we cry out today and ask for more wisdom from you to align our steps with your path, to listen to your word and do things your way and reject the popular opinion or the majority rule or the conventional earthly wisdom that is around us. May we develop the godly wisdom that will, will take us to the greatest life that is life. We pray in, in the name of your son who gave us life. Amen. Just stand right now. We're going to sing a song of decision. If you need to respond to the Lord in some way, talk with one of us. We invite you to come to the front as we sing.
i yeah. 